Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Part Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. I thought I'd give it a bit more oomph because it is the last one of the season. We have finished on a little bit of a downbeat though with a two-all draw against Huddersfield Town and a last second goal there for Bakuna. Kind of sums up our season slightly, but to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Matt Williamson. Hi, Matt. Hello. And I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Paul, last time this season. It's a sad moment. <laughs> I yeah, I wouldn't go as far as sad, but um, it's a guy like... It's, sad, it's yeah. sad that we haven't got three more games to discuss. Maybe that's the... Yeah, that is a bit sad, isn't it? But we don't deserve to be in the playoffs, sadly. So I'm going to go through the starting lineup that we had. It was pretty random when we saw it. We saw Lou Southwood come in for his first start in the league after signing a new two-year contract yesterday. We had Estevez, Yadam, Holmes, Richard, Samedo, Laurent, Rinomoto, Swift, Elise and Mate. Now, Matt, what did you make of that lineup when you saw it? Well, when I first saw it, I had absolutely no idea what was going on. I was trying to decipher whether we were still playing the 4-2-3-1. I uh, settled on the fact that we were going to end up playing a 5-3-2, which was obviously not the case. Uh, Southwood coming in was a bit unexpected, but not a complete surprise after yesterday. Um, The thing that shocked me most was Raphael not being involved whatsoever. So what that means for the club, I, I don't want to speculate. Um, yeah, like the, it only really came together once I saw the team out on the pitch. Um, Rinomota playing right wing presumably means that there's some injury concern with Ajaria or, or to, you know, may, maybe he just needed a rest. He has played a lot of games this year. I thought conceptually it could work and that we would be um, a, a more of an attacking force than we ended up being in the end, I think. Yeah, I don't think we played too badly throughout the game. You know, we had the uh, last uh, moment action, which was a bit of a, I don't know, was it a signal? I don't know if it really was, to be honest. This is the last game. There's nothing on it, is there? I wasn't, like, gutted. But, Alex, I, I think I agree with Matt. We actually played a lot better in the first half than I was expecting. It looked like the system was going to work, and it was topped off by Mate. And off the top of my head, who scored the first goal? My brain has gone completely blank. That was a least penalty. penalty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, when you're doing these things? But before that, we had the Huddersfield goal uh, from a free kick. Alex, what do we think of Southwood on this one? It, bear in mind, it's his first game. 
we're not going to like rip anyone apart here because he must have been nervous as well, mustn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good free kick. Um, it, it's certainly not top corner or anything. Uh, would I expect every keeper to say that? Probably not. Um, you know, I, I think I'd probably give Southwood like a little bit of a pass on it. I don't think it was an extremely, um, you know, an extremely easy save to make or anything like that. So um, a pretty good free kick and just, you know, unfortunate that Southwood hasn't managed to, to get a hand to it and, and probably doesn't do a whole lot for his confidence really in what is his first league start to concede, what was it, fairly early on? Can't remember what minute it was, maybe 15 or so. Um, from a from a you know outside the area long range shot, it probably doesn't really do much for him in the way of um, in the way of his confidence uh, with his league debut. Um, so yeah, disappointing to go one nil down in what really was a kind of a a game where neither team really were creating that many chances up to that point. I don't think either team had had a shot. I think that might have been possibly the first shot of the game. Um, so yeah, a, a bit disappointing to go one 0 down. But I think most goalies are going to struggle to save that one, aren't they, Matt? I mean, it's hard not to look at it. We always look at it and compare it to the other person. Would Raphael done any better on that? I'm not sure he would have. Well, I mean, Raphael has had issues with saving kind of long shots um, in the past. So I, I think that maybe he doesn't set himself quite right. Like, I think he does expect it to go over the wall uh, like the one last week. I, I think we're uh, in danger of giving Semedo a bit of a pass for what was a, a horrendous tackle on the edge of the box. And if anything, I put the blame more on, on him and the second free kick that he's given away that has led to a goal in the last two matches more than probably, you know, a, a goalkeeper on the debut. Yeah, it was a Semedo masterclass today. Um, <laughs> it's kind of everything that, not everything that could go wrong went wrong, but his limitations were there and they were exposed, weren't they? And it wasn't even under massive duress, Matt, was it? He was just making sloppy air after air. Yeah, I think Semedo's that kind of player that he does switch off um, a bit too much. Uh, as with that aforementioned Norwich goal, he failed to control the what should have been a fairly easy ball across to him. And you just see that often, like passes going astray. Um, he's always not filling you with confidence, very much like Tyler Blackett from last season. Like I think he's got the technical ability, but there's something there that just... Yeah, doesn't fill you with confidence. I think, I think like if if he sorts that out, he'll go on to be a good player. But I am not unhappy that we won't see him next year. Yeah, I think I agree on with you there, Matt. Uh, what do you think on Semedo, Alex? Are you unhappy that he's not going to be back next season? When we assumed that. Um... <laughs> I mean, I'd be surprised if we go out and sign Semedo on a permanent deal. Um, I think today you really kind of. Maybe not just today, but we we over the season we've really understood exactly what Forest fans were not that bothered about with him. Um, he does have his odd moment where you can you can see the quality that he does have, but overall across the season, I think he's probably had more moments where you feel he's just kind of he's he's average or maybe just slightly below average, rather than having many good moments across the season. Um, I mean, I think part of that comes down to the fact that Panovic has kind of used him as a bit of a square peg in a round hole but for bits of the season. But then even when he has played in his, his favourite position, 
has he looked dominant or or particularly impressive? Maybe one game in four. And that's that's kind of it. And I think that's that's pretty much what you're going to get from Semedo as a player. Um, so I, I'm not going to be too upset that that that's probably going to be his last Reading game. No, I'm not going to be massively upset by that one. But I do think that we managed to get back into the game pretty quickly, only two or three minutes later in the 18th minute from a Michael Elise penalty. Now, do we think, A, he should take all of our penalties this season? He was just got, he looks like he's got the technique spot on, far more convincing than Lucas Jow. But do we think he's going to be here next season, Matt? Uh, well, to answer the first part, I would say that Lucas Dow looked pretty convincing in his first couple of pounds as well. But uh, the issue was that he didn't really have a change up, which we have already seen with Michael Ali. So mm. I would have liked to have seen him on penalties maybe a bit earlier in hindsight, but hindsight is 2020, as we always say. Um, will he be here next year? Uh, I, I, no, I don't think so. Um, and also, just to come back to the tomato point, uh, he did win this. So I guess maybe that made up for the free kick, even if it wasn't a foul for me. But hey, you know, we'll, we'll give him some credit there. Yeah, I, I did realise Samedo had won this one, but I was just going to see if you brought it up, Matt. I had a feeling you might. <laughs> so, just to balance it out. But not long after that, we went 2-1 ahead as well. A fantastic header from an Elise cross from Yaku Meite. He's so good aerial, isn't he, Alex? Yeah, and this was a, it was a really well-worked corner, actually. Um, obviously, it was played short to Elise, and Elise puts in a, a pretty high kind of floated ball to Meite, and he finds himself completely open. Uh, but it's a, it's a still a really good header. Um, loops over uh, loops over the keeper from maybe 12, 15 yards out. Um, I mean, Richard Keogh doesn't really give him much of a challenge to, to try and win the ball off him in the air, but it's a very good header and he puts it right in the kind of right in the corner where the keeper really doesn't have a chance to, to get there. Um, and I, I can't, I'm not sure quite how many goals Mete scored this season in the end. Did he get to 10 in the end or 11? I think he's on 12. 12. Um, to give him, you know, giving him a lot of credit, he's missed probably close to half the season this year. He still picked up 12 goals. I mean, he's a good goal scorer, isn't he? At the end of the day, he's not. He's not. Um, he's not had like a, a period this season, apart from maybe the last month, where where he's played poorly. Um, and unfortunately, the last month is when we really needed him to kind of step up, and he hasn't, unfortunately. But that's for another podcast, possibly. Um, but yeah, a good header from Mate and. and I think really on the basis of the, the remainder of the first half, we probably deserved to be ahead, didn't we? I think we only had, there was really only one more chance for either side after that. Yeah, no, I agree. Going into the halftime, I think it was a fair scoreline, Matt. Um, in the second half, not a lot happened. Let's be honest about this. It was a Lucas Joe header, which just went wide from the corner, which was a tough chance. That wasn't a sitter. Don't have flashback to Barnsley. It's okay. We get through this. But... In the last few moments, we have the moment that kind of, I think, sums up Reading FC season. Leaving a player completely unmarked in the middle of the area and just, I don't know, Luke Southwood, he's now got to think about that goal for the rest of the summer, man. It's, I think he should have saved it. I know he's young and I know it's his debut, but I think he should have done better. Yeah, I think when you're pushing for the number one jersey, which Southwood seems to have been doing, 
you you need to be saving the kind of easier chances. And I don't know if this was just nerves still, um, especially, you know, I, I am a Sunday league goalkeeper. I definitely get those nerves where it comes towards the end of the game. You don't want to be the ones to kind of cost the team. Um, but it's not struck particularly hard. It's not in the corner. It it should be a fairly routine save, I think. And yeah, again, he's not helped out by his defence. Like the fact that a guy has managed to like steal into the area without anyone noticing is is not ideal by any means. But I just think that he he will want that one back. Yeah, unfortunately, he will, Alex. Um, a disappointing end to the season. We still ended up with 70 points. We're still seventh in the league. Uh, there are lots of positives, which we will be talking about the podcast. We'll be releasing on Monday. But sum up your feelings quickly about that match today, Alex. Special expression. With many feelings, right? Like um, <laughs> the game really didn't matter too much. It's it's kind of similar to a lot of games we've had over the last few years on the final day. It nothing's really been riding on it. Um, it would be nice to go into a final day next season with something riding on it, preferably at the right end of the table. I, I don't have much to say about you know feelings on the game, just purely because. Does anybody have that many feelings about today's game? Not really. And I reckon at least 95% of the people listening to this podcast are actually watching the Derby Sheffield Wednesday match, weren't they, Matt? I mean, I know we were as well. And can't blame them, can you? Yeah, no, absolutely not. I uh, I kind of switched off completely for what was happening when Martin Waghorn ran into the post midway through the first half. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think this uh, match does bring up some questions over Paunovic that have kind of been there the whole time, but have like not been at the forefront of people's minds. But I think it's also just so easy to write those off, given it's the last game. And as Alex says, it, there's like it, it's far more important how we start next season as to how this game today has gone. I mean. Yeah. After, after two games of next season, is anybody going to remember this game even happened? Probably not. If we win both of them, no. But if we lose both of them, yes. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 It does It does depend on how we start, I guess. But um, yeah, ultimately, I don't think the, the, the result and the game don't really matter too much. But it's, it's disappointing not to end with a win, if only so that there's a little bit of optimism for the next few weeks before the transfer window kind of opens and, and we don't sign anybody. Maybe that was ominous. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully if we do pick up those two nice early wins, that will clear us six points away from our 12-point deduction. So there is a nice upbeat way to end the uh, first part of this podcast. This is a really short one today, but we will be recent releasing a longer one. Looking back at the season, our favourite moments, player of the season and all kinds of nonsense on Monday. So cheers. Thanks a lot for listening throughout the season. I really appreciate it. All of us do. It's been a bit of a slog at some times, but we have got through it and it has been such a weird season. Hopefully next season we are all back in the stadium watching us concede or more optimistically scoring a last minute winner. Cheers.